Hey, this is Chris from the Faces and Naces Las Vegas podcast. When I'm trying to figure out what to put on my mouth while I'm in Vegas, I make sure to listen to Lorraine and Louie on the Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone podcast. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louie Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Louie, happy new year. It's our first episode back in 2021. How you doing? Doing great, Lorraine. How are you? I'm good. Um, we took a few weeks off to get our houses in order. In my case, um, literally, I moved over to Summerlin. Um, if you're not from Las Vegas, that's way northwest. And then where I was was way southeast in Henderson. The city's kind of like right in the middle of all that. Um, so I needed to do some crazy moving things. Um, also really working hard on my website from chefwithlove.com. And I also just started gathering some feature stories for Eater that will be hopefully coming out in the next few months. Louie, what are you up to? Awesome. Well, I've just been taking on more challenging projects, doing the recipe development thing that I fell into during 2020 and moving forward with all my clients, namely Inova, Bon Appetit. And um, yeah, I'm looking to travel this year, actually, because um, I'm getting a lot of more national accounts. Yay. Please, please, yeah. please, we traveling for everyone. That's right? what we hope for. Um, Louis, you know, Although 2020 sucked in so many interesting and unusual ways, um, you know, we both powered through the best that we could during this pandemic. And, you know, we had our social distancing, even from each other. We've oh, been Zooming yeah. rather than being in the same space uh, pretty much most of the time, actually almost the entire year. Um, yeah. We had some personal challenges that I'm sure that you all can relate to. Um, but we still had so many amazing conversations, you know, with the people that are our favorite. They're the resilient, diligent, and delicious hospitality community, especially right here in Las Vegas. What we did was we put together a handful of our favorite podcasts, some of our favorites in 2020, so don't feel bad if you're not on the list. We're going to go ahead and start with the incomparable Puna Mather, motivational speaker, trainer, and co-founder of Delivering with Dignity. She talks about how you can discover what you are meant to do with your life by identifying your native gifts. So our job as human beings is to name and claim those native gifts and look for ways every day to express them in the world to make the world a better place. And the three ways in which I measure whether it is a native gift or not, here they are. It is effortless. Okay. I am excellent. I am excellent. And when I do it, I go to sleep with a reminder of why I was born. Yes. Going back to purpose. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I received a lot of detentions in the third grade because I had a lot to say. Right? Yeah. And so Miss Smith was my third grade teacher. And rather than, I mean, I did a lot of detention time with Miss Smith, but I didn't know it was detention. She would say to me, boy, that's a lot of really good information, just not relevant in our math class. <laughs> Why don't you come back at three o'clock and tell me more? But she could have squished me. She could have made right. it positive, but she didn't, right? So the over time, what I've, I don't declare, I don't know what it means to be a motivational speaker. All I know is that when I have an opportunity to speak to people, 
It is effortless. I am excellent. And when I go to sleep that night, I am reminded why I'm born. Louis, um, we we both said that we felt immediately smarter and better prepared to face any challenges after that episode. Um, Native gifts. That was the first time that I had heard that phrase um, that Poonam said. And I gave a lot of thought to that. Like, what are my native gifts based on her three criteria? Um, And I think it's, it's writing. Um, I definitely, you know, it definitely is effortless for me. I go to bed every night and I wake up every morning with ideas for writing. Um, I feel like I'm excellent at it. I've done it for many years. Um, and when I do it, I definitely go to sleep with a reminder of why I was born because I literally have dreams about it. Um, there are constantly phrases that stick in my head. Um, also love reading other writers work. And so it's just one of those things in my life that's been a constant pretty much since I was able to read and write, I've been writing. So what do you think that is for you, Louie? Well, in the plainest and simple sense, uh, my ability to work with food in so many um, aspects, like I do food photography, Mm -hmm. I do this podcast. So, you know, I do have like some talent in sound design and all that. Um, Definitely. And then doing the recipe development thing that really brought me back to working with flavors and my whys and wherefores and my cooking, just cooking in general. So those are my native gifts. I, I live, breathe, eat food. (laughs) And um, yeah, I'm uh, really excited about that every day. Cause like now I'm, I'm tasked to do recipes that, you know, everybody can try and I tell my own personal story with them. So exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the most amazing thing when a chef can tell stories through food. Yeah, you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's the ultimate gift to give. It's something that Jose Andras always talks about, um, our jefe, uh, just about how he tries to tell a story through all his entrees, through all his restaurants. Um, that's the most meaningful food experience. Totally. So speaking of meaningful food experiences, um, we talk with Chef Mariana Alvarado, owner of Masa Zol, and she shares why bringing nixtamalized heirloom corn tortillas to Las Vegas is important to her, her family, and our community. Since I have two kids, and for me, when when I had my first uh, kid five years ago, it was all about giving them the best. And I knew that I sometimes I got good tortillas when I went back to Mexico, but I stopped eating eating them here. And I thought, you know what? We really need to think that everything we eat is also making us sick. I mean, yeah. in, in the long run, it is what is, um, we are what we eat and and finding the roots of, of where our food comes from. Like I know who is um, growing corn. I know the farmers. That is, that is something that, you know, it's very tough to do for everything that we're eating. But if one thing that we're doing, if we're doing it right and we're, con- you know, we're able to, to keep those traditions and culinary traditions alive, then, then that's all I want. Okay, how can you not love listening to Mariana talk about tortillas, talk yeah. about it because it's her passion. And, and Louie and I talk about that all the time. We love passion. <laughs> it's one of our favorite things. Yeah, you're drawn to those people um, and you're drawn to her knowledge as well as her passion, which is, you know, 
it's taking it to another level. Like you love something and then you love it so much that you do everything you can to learn everything about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Heritage. She talks a lot about heritage in that podcast episode. And that's another reason why it's so interesting. Heritage is something that Louie and I, you know, we talk about a lot because I feel like your best recipes and your best meals um, come from, you know, your heart, which a lot of that is like your background, right? It's your family. Um, and it's like what you grew up with. Yep. I have been working really hard to try my best as a multiracial person to kind of, you know, look at all the backgrounds, the ethnic backgrounds. Um, it's challenging. And um, I think also it's very challenging for many people in America because so many of us either are immigrants or come from immigrant families. Because even, you know, the white Americans that have been here for many generations, maybe even it's harder for them because they're four or five generations removed from their original, you know, native lands, native countries. Some of them, you know, as you know, don't even know what their ethnicity is, (laughs) right? Right. You talk to white people all the time and they're like, I don't know, maybe I'm English, maybe I'm Scottish. I don't even know what I am. Um, So it's been a little bit of a challenge for me um, because unfortunately a lot of those people aren't alive and it really, you know, makes me think how important it is for me when I have a child or children to make sure that I keep as many recipes as I can find because that heritage is so important. Through that, you know, um, one of the greatest things that came out of this pandemic is um, people started to turn to home cooking and people actually started to write down recipes as well as like find out the recipes that get actually execute at home. So that, that's mm-hmm. like a whole space that opened up during this pandemic. Um, and although yes. for me and my family, my Thanksgiving was canceled last year. Um, I am looking forward to things kind of being the way they were so that I can actually document all my auntie's recipes. I never had a chance to meet my grandparents, yes. but I heard that they were great cooks. Period. On both sides. Yeah. And then in our family, everybody every auntie from like every family brings one respective dish. And um, I look forward to actually putting that on paper to preserve it for future generations. Yes. So yeah. And I mean, it's very important. I've even thought about video too. I think that's Mm -hmm. interesting because it's so easy nowadays. You know, we don't all have to have like a special professional video camera like you. We can have our phones nowadays and be able to, you know, ask the questions, you know, you know, the recipes are important. They're beautiful and it's amazing, but also just the context, you know, because I do have some recipes from my side, but there's no context. You know, it's just like handwritten notes, which is wonderful and beautiful, but it would be so amazing if I also had, you know, the grandma or the aunt, like you said, or the uncle uh-huh. or the cousin that has that story, you know, cause we do that all the time with our guests. Like what's the story, you know, what's your most amazing food memory? That would be so wonderful to have that, um, like anthology of your own family to have yeah. that, you know, giving me goosebumps thinking about it, you know, like each aunt, it's like, yeah, this is my story about my favorite food memory about this particular thing, you know, that, that I had growing up. It just, so, that context, what makes it beautiful. Right. Yeah. So my thing, instead of like making a family tree, I'm going to make a collection of family recipes and you know, it's not yes. for everybody. It's, it could just be for like my family or whatever, but just, yeah. I would, I'm just going to do it for the sake of doing it. 
it would be the most precious gift, I think, to be right. able to have in your family to pass down to whoever you want to pass it down to. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, so one of the pleasures Louie and I talk about that we miss the most during this pandemic, of course, is travel. And Louie said, you know, she's going to be trying this year to travel more, yeah. having more opportunities to travel. So next is Chef Gina Marinelli of Lestrega, and she talks about how great food can transport you. Italian food, the best way to do it is get great ingredients and respect them mm-hmm. and treat them with love. So we get these beautiful fish in and we just clean them. We use the best olive oil, we get great capers, we get great lemons, and we make a great sauce for it. And you just cook it nice and slow, stuff it with fresh herbs. And again, it's that simplicity and it just, it warms your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need anything else. You have this fish and a great glass of wine and you're there. And that's really what our food is. That's why it's like music. You hear a song and it takes you somewhere. Same with like all the scents of La Strega, all the flavors, all the things. And I just think the biggest compliment we've ever gotten is that your food takes me back somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's when people say that to me, that warms my heart. Well, that's definitely one way many of us travel in our hearts this past year. Las Vegas has become a Mecca off the strip. I love downtown Las Vegas personally. Um, you can travel to Brooklyn with a slice at good pie. You can travel to Texas now with the taste of Bruce Kalman's soul belly. And you can travel all over at Vegas Test Kitchen because you, you never know who's going to be there. It could be like their resident chefs or somebody coming in just for the weekend. Um, so I love that. Those are the things that make me happy and make me feel like I'm getting a little taste of other countries and other cultures. What mm-hmm. transports you right now? Um, you know what? A recent meal at Lotus of Siam took mm. me back to Northern Thailand. Now I'm, I'm really saying this because like I really praise Lotus of Siam for mm-hmm. their rendition of their Thai dishes. It's really authentic. And there's yes. no other benchmark for me. Tori Dokuru Raku. So chef prepares chicken and only chicken in so many ways through Robata. And that just like gave me like the whole feeling of being back in Japan and doing like my omakase. So yeah, that's that's it. I mean, I don't think that there's any other restaurant in Las Vegas that actually takes a certain product and works around it and with it and executes perfectly the way that he does it over there. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. For some reason, when you said the chicken thing, it mm-hmm. made me think of Massimo Bertura in Italy. Right. Um, it used to be the number one restaurant in the world, and some would still call it the number one restaurant in the world, Osteria Francescana in Modena. Um, and he does Parmesan like five mm-hmm. or six different ways. Um, that made me think of it when you said chicken and like, you know, just right. taking one product and doing it all different ways. It's amazing when chefs can do that. All right. This is pretty unbelievable to me. So I went back to look at all our episodes in 2020 to pick out these episodes. And I couldn't believe (laughs) that we just met Chris Decker last year, Louie. That's just, I feel like I've known him my whole life. (laughs) He's creating some of the most innovative pizza at Metro in the Centennial Hills area. He explains why he thinks pizza is the ultimate unifier. I get to create something with my hands that I make from like literally a powder when it comes in. It's just right. Powder. So I make the dough, I stretch it out for you. I bake it, I cut it and I serve it to you. And you would like immediately smile. Right. Like when you bite <laughs> into it and like that, that's what keeps me going every day. Like mm-hmm. that part of it. 
And like when you think about it, growing up, you went to pizza for like if you won like a basketball game or right. your birthday or it was always like a celebration. And there's times when it's not like it could be like a celebration of life. Like we've done funerals and, you know, all those types of things. So it just it just brings people together and like a large pizza you can share it. Mm-hmm. And that's the important, that. the important part of pizza is, is sharing, like sharing ideas and sharing your story. And like, there's so much to it and like everyone loves it. Yeah. So, right. you know, if, if you don't like pizza, there's like, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing yeah. wrong with the pizza, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, and I really feel that way. Like, it, I think it's just, it's an important thing when people like, let's go get a, grab a pizza. You know, it might've been your first date. It might've been like, you know, a good report card or whatever. Like there's always a fond memory of that. Yeah. And it's right. hard to do that with like something else. OMG Louie. One of the best follows on IG is Chris's at everything, but anchovies. It's daily inspiration and a super cheesy happiness. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's amazeballs every single day. I'm like, Whoa, wait, what did he do today? Whoa. You know? And even for people who aren't chefs or in the hospitality industry, like it's pretty insane. Like just seeing the different like creative possibilities of pizza. Yeah. What I love about um, his Instagram is it, it's so authentic and it tells his story. I mean, it's his story. Yes. And it's not just like plain pizza advertising or something like Mm -mm. that. You're looking at Mm -mm. food. And you're looking at the artist behind it. So make sure mm-hmm. to give him a follow at everything but anchovies. Which, by the way, he actually loves anchovies. Um, he explains yeah. in that podcast why he's called everything but anchovies. Just go ahead. I think it's February of last year. Um, season one, episode 35. Definitely <laughs> check that one out. Uh, it's, it's, it's totally worth listening to. Awesome. Uh, just before the pandemic hit, um, before it hit hard, Louie and I got the chance to help the powerful ladies at the helm of the Women's Hospitality Initiative. They're committed to developing and implementing programs for women to achieve leadership positions in hospitality. Of course, that includes Elizabeth Blau, Mary Choi Kelly, and our wonderful next guest, Jolene Menina, owner of SecretBurger.com. Here, she talks about how she found support to become the badass entrepreneur that we all know. I took the resources that I had and I asked for help. You know what I mean? Went to people to run through my numbers with it to make sure it was right. But really I had that safety net too. And then once I launched the business, I was like, holy shit, that was just a checklist away. You know what I mean? It's literally a checklist away. So it's like, I can do that. Like mentally, I can do that. I think so many people and and a part of even what the Women's Hospitality Hospitality Initiative is having that mentorship and leadership that a lot of people don't have to have access to something like that. You know, so luckily, once again, like David, um, you know, has Object Studio, which built Secret Burger. But, you know, he's had several businesses. I have someone in my life I can go to as well to run through ideas. But you have to talk these things out. People come to me all the time or have through the years that are like a server, a bartender or whatever. They're like, how did you break out? Sit down with me and I'll listen to them. And I listen to people who want to enter the food truck business and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll give, I will sit down with almost anybody and kind of give them my two cents, but then also say, great, this is the person you should talk to. And I feel like there's a lot of, we've got so many resources in this city that is right there for us to utilize. A checklist away. 
I love how she says that so simply. I really love the female energy of that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about female energy. Uh, Talking with someone from the leadership at the James Beard Foundation was at the very top of our goal list when we started Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone in June 2019. So we were kind of freaking out when we secured our interview with the fabulous, intelligent, and amazing Catherine Miller, Vice President of Impact. The James Beard Foundation, it's really at the forefront of American cooking. Why do you think it has such staying power and clout? Well, I mean, I think one, food is the single subject that touches us all, right? And all need to eat. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's literally the thing that will kill us if we don't eat, Mm -hmm. but could also kill us if we eat the wrong things, right? It grows local economies, it's jobs, but it's also that community. Why I think James Beard as an organization has such staying power is truly the chef community. It is the most generous community. Um, group of people I've ever seen um, in terms of how they support one another, um, how they come up with solutions to problems and, you know, oh, our water main broke. How how do I do this? Or, hey, three guys didn't show up for work today. Can anybody send me workers today? Oh, hey, I got this new gig. Can somebody help me do that? Right. It is an incredibly generous community. And so I think they, the community really powers us. We also always say that we're for chefs and by chefs, right? The original founders, the people who saved the James Beard house after he passed were chefs. Julia Child. Julia Child. <laughs> Julia Child. You know, Mary Sue Milliken, right? Like yes. amazing folks. Who Mary Sue? Yeah. <laughs> Little fangirl moment. Mary of Sue. course. Right. We always have a Mary Sue fangirl moment. <laughs> right, I know. There's always a time for that. And I Susan. And Susan. Um, it was fangirl all around that episode. Uh, what yeah. did it mean to you to be in that moment? Mm-hmm. So when we interviewed Catherine of James Beard, that was one off the checklist. And that was uh, a really accomplishing moment for me. It was kind of like affirmation that this podcast was actually going somewhere and you know, that we're doing the right thing. So that was one of those, you know, aha days for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Catherine is not only extremely knowledgeable and intelligent, but she's also charismatic uh-huh and, and engaging you know it's just immediately you know and it, it's she represents the james beard house so well and for us it was such a big deal to get the james beard foundation because really they are at the forefront of american cooking you know you can't really think of a pinnacle that's higher than james beard foundation in america you know mm-hmm. it's like our michelin and i mean it you know, being a part, just a little part of the legacy of James Beard when I got to do that two years ago. And then this was sort of like, almost like full circle, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, oh, it was, it was, it was an amazing moment for both of us. Um, I'm proud of that moment. We hate to say that this is the best, but we're going to say this is the best. <laughs> we save the best for last. Uh, any conversation that includes best of must always include our favorite pizzaiola, Yoda, as we call him, as Dan Grummer calls him, um, John Arena, co-owner of Metro Pizza. Uh, Louis asked him about evolution, and John talked about why it's important to improve your skills and your product every single day. Consistency in a business model makes sense, but it's also a form of culinary fascism. You know, it's like, we have to do it exactly. We have to do it exactly this way. You know, it has to be the same every time. It has to be cookie cutter. It has to be uniform. 
I think it has to be the same in spirit. What's in your heart has to be the same. But the expression of that has to change as you change and as you evolve. You look at any great artist, they, they they went through phases, they went through stages of development. This moment, this conversation that we're having right now, we can never have this again. It'll never be exactly the same. We'll hopefully get together again, but we won't be the same people. So shouldn't we be mindful of that? Shouldn't we be shouldn't we be respectful and honor this time that we're having together right now for how unique and fragile it is? I'm not ashamed to say it. We were in tears um, and in awe of that entire conversation, both of us. Um, it was such a gift. If you listen to just one other episode, make it that one. We talked more about life through pizza. And um, it's yes. it's really rare to meet a guy that can actually impart that kind of knowledge to you. Just like that. Right. Rolling with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A human that, oh, it's so important to our community, to the pizza community, to the hospitality community. He's so humble and he would probably you know, hide in a corner from us saying all this amazing stuff about him because he would be like, Mm -hmm. oh, please stop it, you know? Um, But how many times a week or a month do we hear the same thing? Every time there's any conversation about pizza or collaboration or, you know, people in the area that are important, that name comes up, John Mm -hmm. Arena, every single time. And there's a reason for that. He's certainly someone special. Um, in so many ways. And you can learn so much from him. It's like, I feel, well, Chris Decker says it. It's the main reason why he stays there. He stays at Metro, you know, because every single day he's learning more just by being in his presence. You know? Yeah. Just imagine 35 minutes and we felt like different people. I am looking forward minutes. to working with uh, Chris Decker and John Arena this year. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Actually turning out yeah. a few pizzas of my own. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. Um, so Louie and I are looking forward to 2021. Um, we're starting a brand new season of Two Sharp Chefs, season three. Third time's a charm. So I'm excited yeah. to see what's going to happen this year. Maybe some surprises, hopefully. Um, We'll be dropping every other Monday from now on uh, with more fun and engaging guests from our hospitality community. So, of course, uh, we want to thank you for your support. And, Louis, we will talk again in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.